Hi, I'm Dan. Hi, I'm Jenny. And this is Rookie Movie Reviews. Dan, what do we do on this podcast? On this podcast, we watch uh, the top 100 movies, and then we go through and talk about them. The top 100 IMDb movies, to be specific. Well, what else do we do sometimes? Sometimes we'll watch a movie, or uh, have a conversation, or some sort of concept episode called a B-plot. Yeah? Well, it's just not a, a list movie. Okay. And what are we doing what are we doing this week, Dan? Well, this week we watched that new monster feature, uh that monster um mash feature called No, is it Godzilla versus Kong? Yeah. Not Kong versus Godzilla, different movie. The conversation that led into this was do you want to watch a list movie and we both didn't really feel like it so we said do you want to watch a b-plot and we said yeah what do you want to watch and then we settled on this one wow i felt like i was really there yeah this happened in our apartment with us mm-hmm. you, you and sure? i just huh. to put the listener in the maybe you were space. talking to cabbage yes i do do that do do. You do said do do. <laughs> What's up? Just watching our cat sleep. Our He's not ready. sleeping. He's getting ready to sleep. Why are you lying? He's a lion. So, we watched Godzilla vs. Kong 2021, directed by Adam Wingard. Do yes. You know, do you know what he's directed? Adam Wingard has directed... A Horrible Way to Die, What Fun We Were Having, You're Next, The ABCs of Death, the sequel to The Blair Witch Project. Oh, is that Book of Shadows or the remake? Um, Blair Witch, which is going to be the 2016, uh, the, thir- the third one, so I guess it, that one's like the remake. We've seen that. That's the one where they are in the woods and their tents get yanked up into the sky. That's a bad movie. The first one? No, the first one is, um, you know, you know the first one. Mm-hmm. But if it's just 2016 Blair Witch, right? that's the one where they like disappear into the woods and then they're with that weird couple that come back after a couple hours and act like they were gone for days and it just ups the ante way too fast. It's really bad. Oh, Death Note. Is that what you were getting at? That horrible-ass Netflix adaptation of the anime? No. Oh. Um, I'm talking about 2016 Blair Witch, but... Oh, okay. uh, I do see in this list that he directed Death Note as well, which was fucking horrible. It was so bad. It was... Even Cabbage hated it, and he wasn't even alive when it came out and we watched it. It... We should almost do a B-plot about that one, but I do not want to watch it again because it's such an insult to the anime. Yeah, I think once we wrap up, just monitoring some cat activity, once we wrap up talking about like the main list of movies, uh-huh. then I'd be open to considering talking about television shows, but that'd be a whole different challenge to like encapsulate. Yeah, we'd have to change the name of the podcast. Well, no. We'll be established and widely known in households across the nation by then. 52 episodes deep, and I don't think any of my friends have even listened to this yet. <laughs> Same. Thanks, Mom. And yeah, Teresa. Uh, Teresa. Keeping us going. 
Send us an email, maybe. We'll yeah. respond to it. I'll check it once a week. <laughs> okay. But this one is Godzilla vs. Kong. Yep. And Godzilla vs. Kong is the fourth movie in a series of movies, which I did not really know until we finished watching this one. Yeah, you mentioned when we were watching it that, oh, this is like a sequel to Godzilla and Kong Skull Island, and I haven't seen either of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. Uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Let me be clear. Yeah, that's where he fights King Ghidorah, which is a moniker of MF Doom. Rest in peace. Goes by King Ghidorah. That's his collab project with Mad Lib. I wanted to pronounce it Ghidorah. I think I'm saying Ghidorah because the only time I've heard it said is in a song by him. He says, King Ghidorah, take me to your Lida. So he's probably changing the pronunciation to say leader. Well, no, um, I think uh, She-Ra is Ghidorah. Um, The Princess of Power, you might be familiar with her. Mm. Uh, That show, that one got a remake that's actually pretty good. I've seen the first couple episodes. It's a... A very uh, progressive show. Nice. Which is nice. Yeah. Adora. Adora. Oh, <laughs> that's adorable. Hey, hey, hey. Anyway, uh, so this series goes Godzilla and then Kong Skull Island and then Godzilla King of the Monsters and then we've got. This one, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, which, mm-hmm. you know, let's talk about it. Should we start talking about it? Have we waffled enough? I don't want to talk about it, because let me, spoiler alert, was not not my top ten. Yeah, not my top ten either, but we'll get through it pretty quick, because it's fairly simple. Like, four things happen, or four locations are visited. What happens in the beginning is... We see King Kong waking up to some relaxed Beach Boys style music. I don't know what the actual song was, but if you picture Beach Boys like, wouldn't it be nice? That kind of vibe. Not the same song, but it's that vibe. He wakes up. We were just watching a movie that had that in the soundtrack. That escapes me. I'm not sure. That actually had Wouldn't It Be Nice? Yeah. Because you were, you were like, oh my god, this is a song about growing older and falling in love. It was it was a bad... It wasn't bad, bad. Audience has to sit through this. Uh, I, there was something about a hand. I'm lost. Was it a meme compilation? It might have been. We've been watching a lot of those. There's, we'd go through a wave in like, quarantine and what we do in the evening of... Uh, watching structured content in televisions that's produced for, you know, human consumption, and then random meme compilations on YouTube that add nothing to our lives other than that was weird. Might as well be click farmers. Yeah. Some of these, because just watch, just let it stream, baby. Um, Over <laughs> the mountain across the sea by Bobby Vinton. Okay, so that's the song that plays in the beginning of Godzilla vs Kong. Yes. So that song is playing and he wakes up and he goes to brush his teeth kind of and like rinse a, off under a, sh- a waterfall shower 
Like he's, he's just a human being groggy in the morning, getting ready for his day. He stretches. He goes like, ooh. Like big, big sleep. King Kong does all this, which threw me off. I wasn't expecting that. Kind of weird, silly intro tone. And then he takes a spear that he made out of a tree that he ripped off the ground and throws it into the sky and pierces this Truman Show-esque skybox that shows he's actually imprisoned on Skull Island in a containment facility. So he's kept in a giant dome of sorts uh, to be monitored. And while he's being monitored, we meet a young girl named Jaya, who is an Iwi native, who are the people of Skull Island, I learned. I didn't know this going in, but she's one of the final natives of Skull Island. And then a King Kong expert named Eileen Andrews. And this is a mother-daughter type relationship. Uh, Jaya is Eileen Andrews' adoptive daughter. Also, the daughter is deaf which we learned through sound being muffled and muted when we're looking from her perspective. Which is fine. How else are you going to do it? Yeah, it's much easier than making a little girl speak not English in a movie. Mm-hmm. I wonder, like, yeah, it, it's weird, like, the one surviving person you don't have to bother, like, yeah, representing the fictional culture you made up. Oh, I... I Typical, mean, to be honest. I guess I should caveat that I'm just assuming that the Iwi people are made up for Kong, you know? I don't I don't know if it's an actual group. But since she's the last surviving one, it has to be a fictional group. They wouldn't say like, oh, and then um, this entire tribe of First Nation peoples were wiped out except one. Like, that wouldn't be in a movie. That'd and be all she up. gets to speak is ASL. <laughs> yeah. So Iwi must be um, fake. That's just a small dumbass thing, but it's like, why they just wanted points or mysticism? I don't know. Yeah, I think because I I mean, in terms of erasure, I mean, it's not like she's speaking. It's not real either, so I shouldn't be that pissed. But she's not speaking the Queen's English, and she is using ASL, which is representative in a different way of the Queen's English. That's true. And then it kind of ties into... Queen's English. The Kong... Yeah, just... Um, Who are you? The King's English, huh? Is that the phrase? No, no, no. Both are right. We're just not British. I was just thinking of that scene. I was trying to reference uh, Inglorious Bastards, where Michael Fassbender says, well, we might as well go speaking the Queen's or the King's. Uh, I think in World War Two there was a king. But I don't know. World War One, there was a king. With uh, if she spoke the Iwi language, there wouldn't be able to be whatever development there is for Kong later on. Did you know I had learned while reading about this that the fact that they could produce these movies, these four movies, was an agreement with Toho, which is the film studio in Japan that owns Godzilla. Uh huh. Because Kong is owned by Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. So. They had an agreement between Toho and Warner Brothers that we can use Godzilla in our movies. And there was a rule in place that during this time period when these movies were made, Toho could not make Godzilla movies themselves to compete with these. So now the whole future of the uh, franchise is 
questionable because Toho said that after this movie they plan to start producing their own Godzilla content again, which in terms of the deal is basically saying we are able to do it, which means Warner Brothers no longer has rights. So this series is dead. For so now. this is the last one. For now, yeah. That's why they didn't do an after credit scene. Um, and they kind of had a very happy ending, um, or at least resolved ending, rather than a cliffhanger type ending. Um, just to say, you know, look, it's over now. So we also get introduced to Bernie Hayes, who is played by paper boy from the atlanta series yeah uh, brian tyree henry he also runs a podcast uh his podcast is rooted in less reality than a movie <laughs> it's it's some QAnon stuff but he turns out to be mostly right so i guess he is a good guy question mark but i feel like after the last year conspiracy theorists have really earned a bad name mm-hmm. they're not funny or goofy anymore it's they're dangerous <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Um, the fun version of it is if you watch How To with John Wilson, I believe it's episode two or three, How to Improve Your Memory. Mm-hmm. That's a fun conspiracy theory episode, and there's no full frontal male nudity in that one. Tell your kids. <laughs> All right. So he's trying to get some data to uncover some secret scary things, but that's when Godzilla attacks the facility. And Bernie stumbles upon a massive device. Meanwhile, Millie Bobby Brown, a fan of the podcast, is getting her friend Josh to steal his older brother's van to investigate Godzilla. Because she is, uh, Bernie is Q and she is QAnon. Yeah, she's shown to be basically radicalized by this podcast. She listens to it. During class, she goes home and reads the website on her computer after school and listens to the podcast on her way home from school. And then the reason that she got her friend Josh to steal the van is because she believes that the host, Bernie, needs their help. And she wants to go help him uncover the truth about this company called Apex Cybernetics to because he's... He's speaking truth to power, I guess, is what she believes. So, Bernie has no idea who this person is. She's seemingly a high school student. I'm pretty sure she is. And uh, it's just kind of like, oh, our intrepid hero. Stealing vans and going to meet mysterious lunatics running podcasts. Running what? Podcasts, I burped. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to end it down? No, that's fine. Okay. Millie Bobby Brown might be, and this is a hot take, she might not be a great actress outside of Stranger Things. Season one. Season one. Yeah, I agree. She wasn't that good in um, that Sherlock remake. Enola. Yeah, Enola Holmes remake. Redub, rethink. Yeah, just a little twist on on the formula. Millie is the great detective... A woman? Unbelievable. Ooh. But yeah, that movie wasn't great. And then I can't remember anything else she's been in. But that Drake scandal, too. That's pretty sad. Mm -hmm. Because she's so young. Or was so young. I think she was 13. She might be like 17 now. Which is still 
very young. But she's not an annoying child actress. She just has not honed her skill just yet. I'm sure in like 10 years. Who did you ask? Chloe Grace Moritz? Is she too old to do this? She'd be great. Yeah, I was trying to think of uh, other kids because... I'm still in the mindset when I think of Chloe Grace Moritz, I think of Hit Girl from Kick-Ass. Oh, yeah. Which is like, oh, just, she was a little young in Kick-Ass for this role, but if it was around that age, I could see her being really good in this role, and, you know, I just didn't vibe with any of Millie Bobby Brown's performances, but on the flip side, for as much as I disliked any scene involving Millie Bobby Brown and her friend Josh, um... I really enjoyed Bernie, uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Just he he played it like a conspiracy oh, God, theorist yeah. very has, well. Yeah, this movie made me think like, oh my God, he has range. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, Millie Bobby Brown, which is a fun name to say, is seventeen, and <laughs> okay. Chloe Grace Moritz is twenty-four. So she's an adult lady now. So by Hollywood rules, she could play a high school student, but. Maybe it just in a be TV believable. show, not in a movie. <laughs> in a CW show specifically. Yeah, I... Just um, a 30-year-old gym rat walking around. What about Zendaya? What's she up to? She's a good actress. She's probably locked into Spider-Man shit right now. She has another, I think on HBL. Euphoria. Yeah, I, I hear that so good. She's 24 too. Jeez. She looks like a high schooler. Yeah, probably because... For me, at least, my perception of her is painted by really first seeing her in Spider-Man. Yeah. When she plays a high schooler. Little baby girl. Little bop bop. Uh, what about um, Billie Eilish? I wonder if she's any good at acting. Right, yeah. That'd be funny. Um, let's recast this movie. Just for <laughs> a well, it's What's all... Emma Watson up to these days? She's still 15, right? <laughs> Isn't she like... Should be around 30 now? Probably. Yeah, that's how... That's about right. Um, Kim Kardashian? What? Is she... Oh, you're being silly. I'm being silly now. (laughs) So, uh, Millie Bobby Brown, a.k.a. Madison, enlists her friend to go find Bernie. And while this is happening, the CEO of... The, uh, do we say that the facility got blown up by Godzilla? We said he attacked it, not that it got blown up, blown up. Okay. Yeah, so the facility got, like, completely destroyed, and then while this happened, Bernie saw a mysterious device, and then Millie Bobby Brown goes to find him with her friend. While that all goes down, we meet this guy named Walter Simmons, who is the CEO of the cybernetics company that got blown up, and he finds this guy named Nathan... Who believes in a hollow earth and I guess that it's not really a matter of belief in this universe it seems to be heavily invested in and common knowledge because here is my this will be jumping ahead a bit but this guy goes to find Nathan who is portrayed as a quack fringe scientist like he wrote a book that everybody mocked about the hollow earth and it's that the center of the earth is actually um, a jungle-type place with dinosaurs that titans come from. And Kong is a titan, and Godzilla is a titan. So in this universe, they both come from the center of the Earth. But then 
once the mission is underway, there is a massive research base in Antarctica and established maps to the center of the Earth and known methods on getting into the center of the Earth. So it's like, why is this guy a quack scientist? Like, there's multi-billion dollar research efforts put into the Hollow Earth adventures. So much so that Nathan initially says no because his brother died going there because apparently when you there's this field where gravity flips really fast and he got squished while going through that field and then the response to that is the CEO guy saying no we have these uh, helicopter tanks that can handle it so it's fine and then he's like okay I'll do it so the earth is hollow and filled with a jungle. And it, yeah. So, take that, flat earths. Earthmen. Yeah, new theory for you. How can the earth be flat if there's another whole ass world inside? Where are the mole men? That's my question. They're on the, like, second outer layer. Oh, okay. So it's. It's like the Tootsie Pop, the uh-huh. Tootsie part, uh-huh. hollow earth. And then the layer of sugar around that. Okay. Moment. And then the wrapper is where we live. Yes. So insignificant in the grand scheme of the Tootsie Pop. We have much to learn. Shouldn't we have heard heard it by now? Or is that what causes earthquakes? Hollow Earth? Yeah. Well, that's a thing to think about. I don't know the answer. Only Nathan Land knows the answer. Well, hold on, hold on. His... Because his brother would know, too. That's the guy who died. Yeah. Am I quiet? Am I too quiet? I can start screaming. That's good. This? Mm-hmm. Speak like this? <laughs> if you can maintain Speak that. Speak like this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was too loud. The tech in this movie, what year is it? What year is it? Yeah, it's definitely a movie that doesn't want to answer questions about tech, which is fine. Yeah. But it's also very dumb where they're just like, we have cars that are, it's fine. Yeah. Car. Everything's backlit like a PC gamer's wet dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Bernie still has a flip phone because he doesn't want to be connected to the net. Yeah. He's an off the grid type guy. The worst thing about flip phones, and I'm not sure if they even make them without a browser these days, but back when you and I were flip phone, flip phone generation, accidentally going to the internet and worrying... What did oh, I yeah. just charge my mom? Yeah. Oh, God. I hope it didn't connect. <laughs> that's a little, uh, that's a little millennial humor for the Gen <laughs> Zers out there. <laughs> you guys wouldn't key in it. You wouldn't, you just got your iPads and your touch tunes. <laughs> I, you need haptic feedback on your buttons. More usable. So okay. they begin this expedition on boats. They go to, get get a, to get monkey out yeah oh yeah we didn't i didn't uh, say the ceo says like you need to go to hollow earth mm-hmm. because there's a power source there and monkey will find it yeah maybe if you bring kong to the entrance he'll show you the way fine <laughs> do you know the way to the devil <laughs> that is from it's from a, one of those stupid vines we like. The Knuckles meme. Yeah. 
So, how does this trip go off? Does it, go, it work you know, perfectly? It starts, well, they, you know, just leave it, leave it to Beaver <laughs> to do some shenanigans. So they're traveling through the ocean, and all of a sudden, Godzilla appears. Yes. And this is unexpected because this, the ape whisperer had plotted out points of contact for possible Godzilla points. Points of contact for possible Godzilla points. I. They can score good Godzilla points over there. Synonyms are stupid. And but why Godzilla speak... points are like golf. Yeah, you want lower points. <laughs> why speak good way with synonym now? Why say lot word when few word do trick? Any hoozle, Godzilla has a honing beacon beacon onto Kong because he wants to kick Kong ass. Are you going to work to maintain the few word do trick throughout here? No, no, no. He's got to kick Kong ass. He's going to kick some Kong ass. He kicked Kong right? ass. Yes, thank you. Okay, so Godzilla shows up with his glowing spikes of rage and one woman suggests... He's here for the monkey. Dump the monkey. And everyone looks at her like she's the asshole. <laughs> and somebody else is like, Kong needs to be able to fight back. He's going to get murdered if we don't let him loose. And he's got a good idea. Mm-hmm. What language is important, I guess. Which is why you have to say lot word when few word do trick. Because <laughs> if I call Kong scrawny, that's way more insulting than con- calling him slender. Of which he is neither. No, he's beefy. He's got big, meaty forearms. Probably because he has to walk on those. Because he's not bipedal. Though he certainly acts like it. Yeah, it's weird. It's, you know, they go gorilla design. He looks like a normal gorilla, not like a walking, human-legged thing like in the original. So So that's good. good So Donkey Kong... (laughs) Um, gets let loose and there's a cool fight I will say this movie has a lot of really cool fights and Godzilla defeats Kong but he ends up retreating after the ships trick him into thinking that they're destroyed because Godzilla possesses the intelligence to not just well, maybe it's not intelligence, because, you know, scorch earth it. Yeah. This was very dumb, though, because, I don't know, maybe it's not intentional. So the fight, yes, I agree, very cool. And to see a gorilla, like, wind up a punch and just clock this dragon in the face, and then the guy goes, like, oh, you know, water splashes and shit, really cool. But when they kill the power to the ships they make it a point to make it look as though Godzilla and King Kong lock eyes mm-hmm. and then Godzilla just leaves it's like Godzilla you came here to kick some ass and now you're just leaving him I, it didn't make sense to me that he would just turn around and be like yeah showed you man <laughs> all these humans are dead and now you're stuck here maybe I don't know but that's reading a lot and it made very clear that these two recognized they were still alive and Godzilla made a choice to not kill him but why did he swim all the way out there if not to kill him no one knows 
You know how two cats will pass in the night and scratch each other? Yeah, just swipe. And then break, just like that. <laughs> Godzilla sensed his pheromones. <laughs> All right, back to the boring shit with Maddie, Josh, and Jake. Josh and Jason. Who's Jason? Josh and Bernie. So they're all together. They can't drink tap water because they fluorinate tap water. Which is a dangerous thing to tell the children. Because you need fluorite to keep your teeth strong. Because <laughs> teeth are luxury bones that aren't included with traditional insurance. Mm-hmm. Even if it makes you docile. Drink the fluoride. They sneak in to erect Apex Base and find a secret facility underground. And they accidentally lock themselves into it while they're trying. They hear a commotion, and Bernie's like, Everybody hide in here. Mm-hmm. So, Bernie's fault. He kidnaps two kids on a monorail <laughs> that goes like 600 miles an hour. So, it takes them from, I don't know, New York? Yes. New York to Hong Kong. Which is crazy. And in Hong Kong is where they're making the robot Godzilla. Mecha Godzilla. Mecha Godzilla. He has a name. Which is telepathically controlled with a VR headset. And I didn't catch the characters' names, but Wikipedia says it's Ren Sarazawa, who is the son of the late. Ishiro Serizawa. And he uses neural networks from the severed head of Ghidorah. Ghidorah. The three-headed golden dragon. Yes. One of them. Because they all worked telepathically because its head was so big. Its necks were so long they all communicated telepathically. That's neurons. Yeah, it took too long for messages to get from... Which is a cool thought no to no it's not yes, it is. no it's not i'm not speaking telepathically with my fucking foot when i wiggle my toes well yeah but is your neck miles long like king Ghidorah's? i think if we're talking stupid shit in this movie all of it the fact that it takes so long for a thought to get from head a to head b that's just better to learn tele- telepathy <laughs> that's awesome and then they get to use that telepathy, which is apparently ingrained in the bones of the monster rather than the fleshy brain part, to uplink to a robot. I'm so upset. Because I didn't shit even we're think about that. About. <laughs> it's his bones. It's his skull. Yeah, it's just they have kind a, of... <laughs> There's a microchip inside his skull. Yeah. I'm pissed. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Cool shit. Harness. <laughs> I'm sorry. Suspend your disbelief. I guess for movies like this. it's just supposed to be cool, but the way they try to throw in the the Bernie, Maddie, Josh stuff, which was important to the plot, but it's like I just want to see cool fights. Yeah, this it's it also feels like this is supposed to be the comic relief part because they're all kind of like wacky characters in over their heads. It's like shut up, shut up. I want to like be overly serious, like the CEO of this company is. Mm-hmm. He's like the most evil, sinister-looking dude ever. No, he's not. He wears a suit and he has like the stereotypical bad guy hair and beard and he looks like... He looked friendly. I don't think so. I think he looked immediately like the kind of guy that you're like, oh, this dude is bad news. I mean, you know he's supposed to be evil because this movie's completely predictable, but... I don't know. I I don't even know who played him. 
Yeah, I looked it up because it looks similar to um, Colin Farrell. Uh, I thought that the Maddie's dad looked similar to Colin Farrell. Um, Kyle Chandler. I thought that's who you meant, but it's you meant Damien. Yeah. Be- uh, when he's fully, because his Wikipedia page is him bald, which is not fair. He looks like a friendly dude. Also, Lance Reddick is in this movie for uh, a total of maybe 20 seconds, and he says one line. It's just the waste of a man from The Wire who's just an amazing actor. He's very good in The Wire. And apparently he's like the main dude in Fringe, which I've never seen before, but the premise, as I understand it, is like a supernatural, basically um, that one with Sam and Dean... Uh, supernatural. It's basically supernatural, but like <laughs> it's like that supernatural. <laughs> Wait a minute. There's a name for this show. <laughs> Mystic. <laughs> I got there. <laughs> uh, it's apparently a very cool show. It's like a CSI oh, with ghosts. Called Fringe. Fringe. Yeah. Not supernatural. No, Lance Reddick is in Fringe. Okay, uh, so I looked up Damien again, and I guess maybe we can put this on our Instagram if it's not copyright infringed, but uh, that is the face of a friendly man. Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> He's got His kind eyes. No. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but look at this picture of him smiling. <laughs> okay, we'll upload the picture from the movie where he's... You know, backlit, so his face is shrouded in darkness, and he has an evil guy goatee, and he's wearing some sort of suit. He looks like uh, he looks like the Russian mob boss from John Wick, almost. You like, can't hide kind eyes. No, man. He's like uh, a younger Peter Stormare. So, Peter Stormare is Satan from Constantine. That guy looks evil. He has kind eyes. No, he does not. He has scary. He looks like Bob from Twin Peaks. <laughs> I'm afraid of looking at him. He's got fucking crazy eyes. Well, he was well cast as Satan then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, how long are we into this? 35 minutes. Oh, boy. Let's wrap up this movie. Okay. We'll wrap up. It's kind of quick to wrap it up. We're well, still we're getting like there. halfway through. And oh, sorry. Um, okay. So they're stuck on the monorail. Monorail. Oh, yeah. Um, the important thing with Mechagodzilla here and the reason that they're going to Hollow Earth is because they don't have enough power to maintain the psychic uplink or whatever. So they can only do, like, one laser blast. So they're like, you go to Hollow Earth and you get some glowing rocks and we'll use that to power Mechagodzilla, which... Aren't they, like, atomic rocks? Wouldn't this be atomic energy? Yeah, because Godzilla is like an atomic thing, right? So it's like extra uranium. Like so, unobtainium. Yes, it's unobtainium. It's a precious material number can you, two. Can you touch stuff like that? Like with that amount of energy? I always, is that like an infinity stone? Well, you see in Godzilla versus Kong, they have a special glove. That means it's not a problem. Just put the glove on. But I always think when we're talking about like radioactive shit or in movies, I think back to Chernobyl 
where people like grabbed it and then you see them two episodes later in a hospital turning into like mush. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. But the characters that touch the stuff in this movie basically the movie ends before we see or they die uh, a minute later from other circumstances. So Other circumstances being Khan caught your plane, looked into it, understood you were the lady that said dump them <laughs> and squeezed you all to death. Mm-hmm. She, so they're, they're in the center of the earth getting power and we're kind of seeing like this is probably my favorite part of the movie. Okay. Where we are in Hollow Earth, and it's very bizarre. They're in a jungle on the jungle floor, but there's no sky. It's just like, it's like that scene in Inception where the city flips over on itself. So like you look up and there's more jungle. Like a mirror? It's mirrored. But uh, it's not exactly mirrored because it's not a mirror. It's more physical Earth. Kind of, what's a way I can describe this? This movie you might have seen, or wait a minute, there's these glass reflective surfaces. No, not the glass surfaces. If you're talking about Inception, not the glass surfaces part. I'm talking about the part where the city comes where over. Where it flips over, yeah. And folds like a mirror. Itself. I guess the terminology would be mirrored. Language is important. I don't want to give the impression that it's just a reflective surface and it. it's like the. It's all earth. It's the it's a it's a fucking. Sphere. What's that snake that eats itself? Ouroboros. It's Ouroboros. Yeah, it's Ouroboros, but a little earth ball inside. And this is my favorite part because a there's this cool sequence where they find the mountains that converge and flip gravity, uh-huh. and that's really cool looking. And then B, we get to learn some backstory about how Kong is a race of gorillas that came from this place, a bunch of titans. And they had a war with Godzilla-type creatures. And that's kind of why they're fighting all the time. And Godzilla's trying to kill Kong. And then we see an axe made out of a Godzilla spine piece that's like a super weapon. And he sits in his throne in the middle of the earth and shit. It's really rad. Um, but then Godzilla, who has been on the hunt for Mecha Godzilla, is standing up in uh, Hong Kong. And kind of gets the vibe that God, uh, King Kong is sitting on his chair. And just blows a laser straight down between his feet through to the center of the earth to blast a hole through the entire globe and, uh, you know, laser strikes Kong from way up there. So it's just such a ridiculous sequence of hyper sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the laser from above was... Yeah. So over the top. It's really good. In a dumb Well, way. yeah, it's a very enjoyable, it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, if you are prone to getting bored and not paying attention to a movie, this one might not be for you. <laughs> okay, so they're in the Hollow Earth, and you talked about the axe, which is cool. So I think we can kind of scoot onto them fighting in Hong Kong. It's pretty cool, and they destroy a bunch of buildings and un unaccounted for deaths. Just. So many people must die because we see as Kong leaves the hole, people are still running from the scene. And when they're fighting, we see an office building of people starting to flee from the wall. The Well, the wall. It's just all glass. The windows. And then Godzilla shoves Kong into a nearby skyscraper. And you said King Kong leaves the hole. So Godzilla's uh-huh. up in Hong Kong. Sorry. King Kong's in the center of the earth. 
Can you tell me, like, how King Kong gets from the center of the globe to the surface world of Hong Kong? He jumps really hard. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to hear how you described it, because it's such a ridiculous concept. <laughs> yeah. So he jumps up. I think the gravitational shift or whatever must help. Momentum. Momentum. <laughs> Although, uh, when the humans leave, because Kong, like, murders half of the team... And then the good guy main humans that can empathize with animals, I guess, um, get to survive. Yeah. And one minor annoyance is that when they're going into the center of the earth, they say, oh, here's the gravitational shift. And it's like partway through the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And then they like get spit out into hollow earth. And then when they're going back to Hong Kong through a different hole, the Godzilla laser hole, it's right at the precipice of the breach into... Hong Kong that they're like okay get ready here comes the shift so they're just like driving through the tunnel and then ba-bam so the the gravity field moves locations for no reason yeah what are you gonna do what are you gonna do so they're fighting in Hong Kong and meanwhile Madison our favorite gang oh wait sorry 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 uh, the daughter of the man with kind eyes, um, Maya, collected a small sample of the atomic rock, uploaded it for her father to use as an energy source. That's the lady that gets crushed. That was also a particularly dumb point. Yes. Because they scanned it and apparently that was like, okay, we can recreate it here on the surface world. It's like, this is fucking hollow earth weird shit and you're just like okay we know and now it's enough to power the whole thing so yes yeah I I don't know I okay Godzilla <laughs> kicks Kong ass and I thought the ending of the fight was really stupid cause Godzilla like scratches at Kong's chest and then he's just like you're not worth it <laughs> and he gets up to go? <laughs> okay. Is this when they he has his foot on his chest and they roar at each other? Yeah. Okay. So, they, so he scratches him and just they scream at each other and he leaves? Well, Kong gets knocked out and he's dying too. <laughs> but Madison, Josh, and Bernie get caught by security when they're in the facility and they get taken to Walker... And Walker orders Ren to activate Mechagodzilla because they have the new power source. But this gives Ren a seizure or something, so they lose the telepathic connection. And Godzilla kills Walker, uh, electrocutes Ren. Madison, Josh, and Bernie are all fine, but they got to hear the evil plot. And they get locked into a room with uh, the controls to Mechagodzilla. Whatever. But Mechagodzilla goes up to attack Hong Kong, because that's what you do when you're big and metallic and evil. <laughs> so, God, do you want to take over the final battle? No, that's okay. Okay. Mechagodzilla and Godzilla fight. Godzilla is overwhelmed because his muscles are made of weak flesh. <laughs> Nathan, um, Carl... Is it Carl? 
No, Alexander Skarsgård. Why did I say Carl? Who plays Nathan. Uses the spaceship to act as a big defibrillator. Which wouldn't work because a defibrillator stops your heart. So a slowing heartbeat won't be helped by that. An erratic heartbeat might. But mm-hmm. a slow one, you're stopping it. You might you might have just killed a dude. Yeah. Everyone knows this by now. <laughs> well, Why are movies still trying to use Titan, it? You see, he's different. He's built different. So he uses the giant defibrillator to get him healthy again. And it's basically a full boost. Uh huh. He goes from dying to like, he pops a broken arm back together. And yeah. Is like 100% HP, ready to tussle. It's like, dude, you were just dying. Maybe inside the hev was a green mushroom. Extra life. <laughs> Plus one. Okay, Jaya, Gia, we don't know because she can't speak. That's another cultural erasure for her. Hmm? No way to know that name. Convinces Kong to help Godzilla because Mecha Godzilla is the biggest evil. Because he represents mankind. Because he's all industry. And can we talk real quick? Like, it establishes early on that Kong actually knows uh, sign language. <sighs> yeah. Because he signs home, which is like picking up a phone, kind of, is how I would describe it. Like E.T. phone uh, home. Yeah, so... Not that's, a, that's clever. Uh, so he signs home, and then the Kong scientist is like, what the fuck? Mm. I, I didn't know he could do that. Because he's been hiding it from her for a decade. And then, so we see Kong sign home. And it's like, oh, he speaks sign language like Coco. And then we get to this point in the Coco the gorilla. Sign language gorilla. Oh, the real world. Yes. Oh. So we get to, yeah, not the movie Coco. Uh, So we get to this final battle and Gia or Jaya says don't kill Godzilla he is a friend Godzilla is not an enemy uh, help him and he, she says all this in sign language and Kong is just staring at her and then goes and helps Godzilla and then at the very end he does home again so we just see Kong do home twice in the movie meanwhile like people are saying all this complex shit to him <laughs> like that robot Godzilla over there, like, so you have the concept of Godzilla, and here's the sign for Godzilla, and here's the sign for enemy, which you know, and then robot Godzilla, like, which would have to be made up in the moment, because it's never existed before this. Because the subtitles for ASL, it doesn't say robot Godzilla, it says Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> so she came up with Mecha Godzilla on the spot. And he understood it. And Kong is like, got it. <laughs> and then later on, he's just like, hey. Oh, Oh, he does the... What is this for? That was me scratching my palm. (laughs) 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 I thought Johnny was reminding me of an ASL word that King Kong does in the movie, which is kind of like rubbing your fingers on your palm. I'm like, oh shit, what did I forget that Godzilla does? And she's like... (laughs) What a what a perfectly timed palm scratch. So yeah, just some really convenient shit here. And I mean, it's a dumb movie. You're here for the monster fights, but like, what is all this other shit in between? Okay. 
Mechagodzilla is gonna overpower both of them, but meanwhile, back at the lab, Josh sits. Josh is the fat, nerdy one, so obviously he's gonna be able to guess the password to shut down this robot, mm. which he can't. So thanks, movie, for subverting that. But turns out Bernie is an alcoholic, and he carries a flask with him at all times because he's ready to break his sobriety like that. Yeah. If it gets real. <laughs> this was. I don't want to take all the fun rants. Do you want to rant about it? Because it's like you summarize and then I start complaining. So I want to give well, you a chance to complain. Out. So the flask Bernie has on him at all times. He's like, I'm not dying sober, which I feel. But Josh <laughs> is like, that's perfect. And he takes the flask and he dumps it into a vent on the computer. And this short circuits it so hard it explodes. <laughs> I would have peed into it. If I was them, I would have started peeing because there's no way to, that that wasn't enough liquid, you know. In the director's cut, they think, "Oh, there's not enough liquid to short circuit as much as we need. What are we gonna do?" Then they all start peeing. Perfect. That's true. That's in the director's cut. What was your rant? My rant was that um, when we so this flask is produced from Bernie uh, because we see a scene where Bernie is like, "I have a pistol holster on my body." That I keep a flask in. Mm-hmm. And this flask my wife gave me. She's dead now. And it's filled with a whiskey. And he says, you'll know that when this is empty, I've given up. He says to these high school kids. So he pulls it. So what makes me so mad is that this is something that just reeks of like, we need our comic relief character to have a tragic element. And then the fact that it's a whiskey flask that he's going to drink and he keeps it in a gun holster is just like something so specifically quirky that it kind of pisses me off to think that the writers for this movie are like, let's do something really weird to kind of lean into the character being weird. And it's just like, okay, so you're just saying he has a dead wife and we don't learn anything about his dead wife. But she's represented by this whiskey. Like, there's no connection whatsoever. And it's just thrown in in one line of dialogue so you can say, like, oh, that whiskey's going to come up in, in later in the movie, which yeah. is exactly what we did. And I, I just hated it because it's one of the best examples I can think of of really lazy character development that, like, look, it's tragic. Look, yeah. it's, he's actually got a dark past. It's like, well... Do more than just one line where he's like, I have whiskey on me right now, you know, and I'm going to drink it later. Really stupid. That part actually really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, it's bad. It is actually bad. Then Godzilla supercharges... Fuck. (laughs) 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 The robot short circuits, and this is dumb too... Godzilla supercharges Kong's axe by breathing at it hard. (laughs) And this lets Kong destroy Mechagodzilla. And Madison, Bernie, and Josh are able to get out because the locks break when the system goes down, I guess. And they meet up with Maddie's dad, and nobody likes Josh. Guaranteed. (laughs) Because dad's a dickhead to him, too. And then Godzilla and Kong nod solemnly at each other (laughs) to acknowledge that they aren't bitter enemies anymore. Like you said, not a happy ending. 
And then uh, the happy, happy ending is a big company that had captured Kong before has changed up their ob ob observation ports to be around Hollow Earth instead of giving him a fake one. Mm -hmm. So that's what happens in the movie. And now to talk about your cousin's status. So <laughs> let's give this man, uh, Dunstan who is friends with your cousin Christine, who said she doesn't like the movie. And here's a here's a hot take from an alternative point of view. Godzilla is the original kaiju. And kaiju refer to a type of divine beast in film that usually serve as a metaphor for something. Godzilla tends to refer to nuclear weapons or the aspect of humans that create things that destroy ourselves. King Kong, on the other hand, is the opposite of that, as he represents nature, or how humans tend to destroy the natural world. These kaijus are pretty much giant tragedies, and if you look up their backstories, part of the reason King Kong versus Godzilla resonates so much to many is because they tend to represent opposite sides of a spectrum of tragedy. King Kong is tragic because of our carelessness and callousness towards nature, and Godzilla is the wrath and destruction brought upon us because of our own actions. They are seeming opposites, but converge on how shitty humans are. So thank you for that hot take that was not sent to us, but we're taking it. Um, I think you could say that uh, 40 movies ago. Yeah, the first movies. Yeah. That's true. Like, But this one, it's like, okay, so Godzilla represents technological advancement because he's supposed to be like the threat of nuclear war or whatever but this movie has an actual man-made godzilla that actually goes rogue and actually destroys hong kong and is then saved by godzilla um so is your entire point not broken down by the very fact that the man-made monstrosity is killed by what you refer to as the man-made monstrosity you know doesn't really hold up in this movie also, the only element of Kong being, you know, the invasion of the natural world by man is the fact that he's kept in a cage, which could easily be drawn to Godzilla in this movie as well. He's like, because the plan for him existing in his natural world is to kill him. I don't know. I don't agree with any of the take. Yeah, but it's the first hot take we've had to react to because uh, we don't respond to our emails. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, pretty good stuff, I guess. Do you want to rate this? Th Do you have any any other final hot takes, cold takes, tepid mm. takes? Uh, my cold take is that the fights are cool and the um, everything else is like really boring. Okay. Do you okay. have any cold takes? Um. Or hot takes. The CGI wasn't great. I've seen better CGI. Maybe I'm too used to it. I agree. The one example that sticks out to me is when they first go to Hollow Earth, Kong rips up a dinosaur, and its blood looks like um, flubber. Yes. Really bad. Okay, do you want to rate it on three? Yeah. One, two, three, four. four. Okay. Yeah, I it's... agree. 
Never going to watch it again. Not ever. I, yeah. I, it's... I don't know. At least it's not just like... Gross. Yeah. Oh, Deathgasm? <laughs> I didn't like that. Yeah, that's a ridiculous movie. That was too gross for me as well, I think. But Okay. Okay. Well, alright. You want to play us out? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh...